What if everything you thought you knew about salvation was wrong? I mean, what if you, what we've been taught is the, about salvation is the thing that we want it to hear? In other words, we want it to hear, we want it to believe that salvation, in other words, our desire, our hearts, our motives, our, let's say, carnal mind that we all are born into the world with, we all come into the world with a carnal mind, and suppose that mind wanted to believe a lie about salvation. You know, Jesus talked about building a foundation on sinking sand, and, you know, I do construction work, and I know the importance of, often we have worked on homes that were not built on a proper foundation. The foundation was off, it's out of square, and it just really messes up everything else about the home. It messes up the sheetrock, it messes up the trim work, it messes up the flooring, everything out. It is so critical to get that foundation right. But I want you to think about this, uh, of the idea that what we have been taught about salvation, is it correct? In Isaiah 58 and verse 2, it says, yet it's, it talks about a group of people. And it says, these people are like this. It says, they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinances of their God. Now, what's the implication? The implication is is they're pretending to be righteous. They're pretending that they didn't forsake God, the ordinances of God. And it goes on to say, they ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. In other words, these people can't get enough of religion. It's, it's you know, church six days a week and twice on Sunday. It's Bible studies, Monday night, Tuesday night, uh, or Wednesday night, Friday night. They can't get enough of religion. They take delight in approaching to God. Give me more religion. They pray to God. And yet, the question I'm dealing with is, what if, imagine, if everything these people thought they knew about salvation was wrong. Is That Really in the Bible presents the teaching ministry of David Freeman. Recently, I was at my chiropractor getting a back adjustment, and I admire the man for this. He always gives out a little religious article as you leave, and he tries to incorporate, you know, the gospel or outreach into his work that he does. And I admire anybody that, that has that kind of conviction. Well, he gave me a piece of paper entitled, Any Other Gospel is no gospel at all. And I want to read just a segment uh, to you from this article. He says, he says, I believe so often in our Christian walk, we hear the gospel message and accept it. But either through other people telling us or our own ideas, we come to believe we need the gospel plus. We believe we need to believe in the good news of the gospel, but also not say bad words, or listen to Christian music. In other words, we need to do this in addition. Or go to church every Sunday, or go on a mission trip, or whatever. 
The fact is that the gospel message is a story of complete redemptive love. Now, I agree with that. But but con- con- continuing quoting here, it says, It, that is the gospel, needs nothing else. All the gospel needs is to be accepted, not added to. Let me, again, let me repeat that. All the gospel needs is to be accepted, not added to. In other words, what we're dealing with is a gospel of acceptance. I accept Jesus into my heart. I raise my hand. I give my heart to the Lord. I believe in Jesus. Okay, a gospel of acceptance. Now, my question I'm dealing, now I'm dealing with the question, what if everything you thought you knew about salvation was wrong? And we're asking the question, is that really in the Bible? Is the gospel merely just a gospel of acceptance? In other words, do we do anything else? Do we go any further? Is there something else God requires beside, in addition to accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Savior? Is the gospel just a gospel of acceptance? And then once you do that, you need not think about it for the rest of your life. As one person said a long time ago, all that was settled long ago. I raised my hand. I gave my heart to the Lord. I was a child, didn't really know what I was doing. You know, I was 12 years old, 8 years old, and I invited Jesus into my heart, and that's it. Now, what I want you to understand is this. There is a counterfeit gospel out there. And I want to tell you what I think that counterfeit gospel is. It is a teaching that all there is to the gift of salvation is just acceptance. That is the counterfeit gospel. Now, I know this sort of hits hard against maybe some of the things that we've been taught as a child and some of the things that we've been taught about, about from the Bible about salvation. But again, I'm asking the question, what if everything you thought you knew about salvation was incorrect? What if there was a secret underlying carnal motive of the heart that our desire was to believe that all there is to this incredible gift of eternal life is just acceptance? You know, it almost seems like in today's religion that salvation is the easiest thing in the world you could do. I mean, it's easier than getting an education. It's easier than going to college. It's easier than finding a mate. It's easier than getting finding the right person to marry. It's, it, salvation is the easiest decision, easiest thing you will. It's easier than finding a career. Uh, it's easier than finding a good job. It's the easiest thing. It salvation is presented that it's the easiest thing in the world to do. There's nothing easier than salvation. And I'm saying, yeah, I mean, I can understand the motive for wanting to believe that. I can understand the heart for wanting to believe that. I have no problem with understanding that, that that the natural mind, the way we come into the world with this natural mind, the Bible refers to as the carnal mind, that we would want to believe a lie about salvation. We would want to believe that it's the easiest thing in the world to do, and we would present it. We would sell it. 
you know, in order to have a, to sell something, you got to have buyers. Well, how do you get people to buy the concept of salvation? Well, you present it as it's the easiest thing you will ever do. Is that in the Bible, though? Is that what Jesus said? Did Jesus say salvation is the easiest thing in the world to do? Well, as we consider what Jesus said, I mean, Jesus was asked specifically a question about salvation in Luke 13 and verse 24, or 23, excuse me, Luke 13 and verse 23, then said unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? Now, what are we dealing with? We're dealing with the subject of salvation. And, and, and so this disciple asked, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, strive to enter in at the straight gate. And that word straight means rough, difficult, obstacles in the way. Okay, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Now, why is that? Why, why you know, it almost as if it presents this, this concept that there are many, 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 many people striving to enter into salvation. And could it be that the reason they're striving is because they've been told a lie about it. They've been told that salvation is the easiest thing in the world to do. You know, it's easier than all these things I went through earlier, finding a job, finding a mate, finding a, a career. It's the easiest thing in the world. And for that reason, that's why there are many striving to enter in. And they don't realize that, that it's a gate that is very difficult. They haven't been told this. They've been lied to about the Bible. They haven't been told it's a rough, rocky, obstacles in the way, road that one must travel. They haven't been told this. And so, therefore, there are many who are seeking and striving to enter in. I mean, let's face reality. Everybody wants to be saved. At least I think so. I mean, everybody wants eternal life, especially as you get old and ugly and you start your body starts wearing out and, and you want to live forever. I mean, uh, everybody wants that. But again, suppose everything that you've been taught about salvation is incorrect. Now, again, there is a counterfeit gospel. And that counterfeit gospel teaches all there is to the gift of salvation is just acceptance. There is no change in behavior. At least that's what is implied. At least that's what, I mean, because if, why don't we talk about change in behavior? There is no change. There is no repentance. When you went down to the altar, you gave your hand to the preacher and your heart to the Lord. Were you told what sin was? Were you told that sin is the transgression of God's law? First John 3, 4. Were you told that this is what you've got to repent of? Chances are you were not. You were led to believe that all it is is just an acceptance. Just inviting Jesus into your heart. Were you told anything about conversion or surrender to God? Unconditional surrender. And even love for God. Were we told what it means to love God? This is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And he that says, I know him and keeps not his commandments is a, is a liar. You know, were we set down? Did somebody set you down and tell you all these things? Or were you led to believe 
that salvation is the easiest thing in the world to do. Well, let's talk about this concept of just acceptance and just believing in Jesus' name. In John 2 and verse 23, it says, Now when he was at Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast days, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. And need it not that any should testify a man, for he knew what was in man. You know, this is a, a fascinating scripture because it says many believed in his name when they saw the miracles, which he did. And, you know, you can go to churches who are claiming to, be, to do miracles, and maybe they are doing uh, miracles. I don't know. Healing the sick and all this stuff. But I always wonder how come they don't go to a hospital and empty a hospital. I mean, if they can do it on pub, in public on TV, why can't they do it at a hospital? Heal the sick, that is. But anyway... It says, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles, but Jesus was not impressed. He was not impressed. So the idea of just believe in Jesus, just accept his name, you know, that doesn't get you. Just accept Jesus into your heart. You know, if you want to impress Jesus, you're going to have to do a little more than just accept him into your heart. But you see, this is what we have been brainwashed into believing. That salvation is just accepting Jesus into our hearts. Now, it's time you heard the rest of the story. What is the rest of the story? Now, I admit you may not want to hear it. You may want to believe that salvation is the easiest thing in the world you will ever do. In order that you not think about it. I mean, it's been said and done. It's been done. It's been accepted. I've invited Jesus into my, okay, and it's over with, and I don't have to think about it anymore. You may want to believe that. Now, in Mark 1 and verse 14, we're talking about what is the gospel. Now, after that, John was put into prison. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, the question we're asking is this, was it just a gospel of acceptance? Here we have in Mark 1 and verse 14, it says, after John was put into prison, Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now let's read the next verse. And saying, what was this gospel all about? What was the gospel all about? Well, it was a gospel about the kingdom of God, but what did it include? Okay, Mark 1 and verse 15. And saying, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand, repent ye and believe the gospel. So we, we cannot just stop with the idea of acceptance. We have to realize, yeah, okay, accepting Jesus into your heart, accepting the name of Jesus, all that's important, accepting Christ as your personal Savior, all that's important. But this says he came preaching the gospel, repent and believe the gospel. So there is a thing called repentance. It's not just a gospel of acceptance or accepting the name of Jesus Christ. In order to have access to the real gospel, I must repent. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Now, how have we been sold a counterfeit gospel that just says all you got to do is accept the name of Jesus? How? All you got to do is just invite Jesus into your heart. How have we been sold a counterfeit gospel? Well, I think the answer is it's what we want it to believe. There's always a motive 
of the heart. I mean, if you ask people if they were honest, and I'm not saying necessarily you're going to get this, but if they were honest, what is it that you wanted to believe about salvation? Well, I want to believe that it's it's the easiest thing in the world to do. You know, that, that would be honesty, okay? And then from there, I would pick the scriptures that imply that, that it's just that easy. I would proof text scriptures. I would take scriptures out of context, and I would say, well, th- th- this is the, the layout plan for salvation. Just accept his name. Just say, I believe in Jesus. Just raise your hand. Just invite Jesus into your heart. And I would stick to a few scriptures, and that's what I would try to sell because it's easy to sell. Again, when you're selling something, you don't want to sell something that's difficult. You want to sell something that's easy. Well, in Acts 3 and verse 19, it tells us more about what real salvation is, the real real gospel that Jesus came with. Acts 3 and verse 19, it says, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Now, again, I can just hear people say, well, I thought my sins were blotted out when I invited Jesus into my heart. But notice what it says. It says, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Or you could say in order that your sins may be blotted out. So there's repentance and there's conversion. What is conversion? What is repentance? Well, repentance is obviously repenting of the thing that caused Christ to die, that the reason he had to go to the stake the cross, he died for our sins. Okay, you got to know what sin is. But not only that, we're talking about another step. It's called conversion. And conversion is like a U-turn. It's making a U-turn. It's, it's turning your life around by the power of God's grace and Holy Spirit. You see, what I'm preaching to you right now is what I call the real gospel, real salvation. You know, the parable, you have the parable of the two sons. Matthew 21 and verse 28 says, But what think you? A certain man had two sons. And he came to the first and said, Son, go to work today in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented, and there's the key word, and went. And he came to the second and said likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. You know, this was a lip service person. This was a person that says, Oh, yes, I'm a Christian but doesn't do what God says. Well, Jesus goes goes on and says, whether the the two did the will of his father. And and they answered and they said to him, well, the first. Jesus said to them, verily I say unto you that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you people go. You know, this was highly offensive. I don't think Jesus could have offended these self-righteous Pharisees more you know, someone said if he had taken a wet fish and slapped him upside the head with it, this is not, this would not have, that would not have been more offensive than what he said, that the publicans and the harlots are going to go into the kingdom of God before you people go. So if Jesus came to your church, okay, he gets up, he stands behind the pulpit, and he says, look, a man had two sons. One had a gospel of just acceptance, where you add nothing to it. Just invite Jesus into your heart. Just accept his name. The other one, the other person, heard the real gospel of repentance and decided that he was going to do something. He was going to repent and be converted and turn his life around. He was going to obey God and do what the Word of God says to do. Which one is right? 
Well, obviously, the one that repentant and obeys God is the one that's right. Now, I want you to follow this line of reasoning. Sin is the breaking of the Ten Commandments. How do we know that? First John 3, 4, Whosoever commits sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. So we have identified what sin is. So the true gospel says you've got to repent of the sin for which Christ died for. I think that makes sense. You know, we don't want to keep doing the thing, the sin that Christ died for, so that we could be forgiven. Christ comes along and says, I died for you so that you would quit serving that sin. You know, Romans 6 and verse 20 talks about this process. He says, for when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. Yeah, I mean, you can, I think you can relate to this. You know, when we were the servants of sin, when we served sin, we really didn't have any righteousness in ourselves. You know, we were just serving that thing if it feels good, I'm going to do it the easy way out, you know. It's just what comes natural, the natural man. We serve the lust of the flesh, the desires of the flesh. What our minds told us to do, there was no resistance. There was no struggle. There was no, I'm not going to do that. It was just we served sin and we were free from righteousness. Well, it goes on in Romans 6 and verse 21. It says, What fruit had you in those things which you are now ashamed of? Well, the end of those things is death. Yeah, what kind of fruit was there in that three packs of cigarettes a day? What kind of fruit was there in the overindulgence in, in you know, alcohol? Where you drunk, drank yourself into a drunken stupor, you know, every night or whatever. What fruit did you have? Well, the fruit was emphysema, lung cancer, liver cancer, you know, whatever. It was the destroying of the liver by too much alcohol. That was the fruit. Okay, what fruit did you have in looking at Internet pornography? Well, you became a womanizer. You learned how, you know, the heart and mind of a man is changed so that he doesn't even respect a member of the opposite sex. He can't respect women. All right, that was the fruit. All right, but now being made free from sin, and there's there's the concept. We're going to be made free from sin and become become free from sin and become the servants to God. You have your fruit into holiness and the end everlasting life. Because you're on a journey, freedom from sin, and you have become the servants of God. You have fruit unto holiness, and the, your destiny is everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I want you to imagine opening this gift of eternal life. And I think I want to illustrate it as a box inside of a box, inside of another box, inside of another box, you know. And, and so the first box you open up, it says eternal life. And you think, oh boy, I have the gift of eternal life. And you open that box and there's a, another box inside of that box. And in the second box, you open it up and it says forgiveness of sin. And, the, and then you open that box and in the third box, it says overcoming sin. 
And you start to thinking, okay, okay, eternal life involves forgiveness of sin, but then it involves overcoming sin. And you think, well, that was more than I bargained for. I just wanted eternal life. Well, the fourth box, you open it up, and it says true change and conversion. And you think, ooh, I wasn't thinking about all that. You know, I just, I was hoping it would just be a gospel of acceptance. And then the fifth box, you open it up, and it says building godly character. And you realize, well, this gift of eternal life is a journey. It's an ongoing process of building godly character. And the sixth box, you open it up, and it says freedom from sin with the ultimate goal of freedom from sin. And you begin to realize that this gift of eternal life is, is more than you bargain for, that, that it's a box inside of a box inside of another box, and it, it, it has certain foundational issues that God wants us to... Uh, there's a process. Now, this is what the true gospel looks like. The true gospel is this. When God calls us to repentance, we enter in what is called the salvation process room the salvation process room. It's a room that you enter into. It's a room where God begins to work on you. He begins to mold and shape you. Yeah, there's forgiveness. Yes, there's grace. But God begins to mold and build godly character in this room, in this in this salvation process room. He begins to knock off the rough edges. He begins to chip away. and to He's molding and shaping you into something totally different. A being like himself, actually. A being where you overcome. A being where you ultimately get the victory over this thing that is destroying your life, you know, sin. Okay, we all enter into this salvation process room. Now, my point is this. The gospel of just acceptance doesn't even open the door to the salvation process room, especially if you stop there. Especially if you think, well, this is all there is to it. I just stop with, you know, accepting Jesus into my heart and you don't go any further. The Bible tells us that there's much more to salvation than just accepting Jesus. Just accepting Jesus into your heart. Ephesians 4 and verse 22 says that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitfulness of lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. There is a daily renewal, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. We're talking about true holiness. I mean, that is a process that's going on. Now, I believe that a lot of people have been taught a counterfeit gospel, and I believe it's what a lot of people want to hear a counterfeit gospel of just accepting and inviting Jesus into your heart. You know, Jesus put it like this. He tells this story in Luke 13 and verse 1. There were present at the season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood had Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus said to them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all Galileans because they suffered such things? Now, there is a tendency to think that when people are going through hard times, bad times, it, it's a tendency to think, well, they must be the worst of sinners. And Jesus said, no, not like that. He, tell, he says, I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. 
What is the emphasis on? What is the real gospel? How do you know if you've heard the real gospel? This is how you know. The emphasis is on repentance. That's how you know. But except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Now, there's one more thing I want to leave you with, and that is about the real gospel. The real gospel creates a response within the heart of man. Well, what is that response? Well, here it is in Acts 2 and verse 37. Now, when they heard this, that is the real gospel, they were pricked in their hearts and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, God gives his spirit to those who have repented of their sins, who have repented of breaking God's law. That's who God gives his spirit to. God gives his spirit to them that obey him. Acts 5 and verse 32 tells us that. But notice the response on this day. The response was from the people, what shall we do? You know, that's the response God is looking for from the sinner. How, how can I be free? How can I be de delivered? How can I not serve this sin anymore? That is the response. You know, there was a story of a man that Jesus healed. And afterward, Jesus finds him in the temple. This is found in John 5 and verse 14. And he said to the man, Behold, you are made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. You know, there's, there it is. Sin, no. What is it that God really wants with true repentance? Well, he wants us to sin no more. Now, I know this doesn't happen overnight, and I know that just because you go down in the waters of baptism, you know, I thought that when I went down in the waters of baptism, I sort of made this superficial promise, God, I will never serve that sin again. And I found out that through temptation, through the lust of the flesh, through you know, just the struggles of this world that, yes, we do sin again. And there is grace and there is forgiveness. But I want you to understand the response is from Jesus is go and sin no more. That's what God wants. And so the response at the end of the day from the sinner, true repentance, the true gospel of Jesus Christ is the response you want from people is, what shall I do? What do I need to do? You know, what does God want us to do? Well, he wants us to repent. He wants us to be converted. He wants us to make a U-turn. And he wants us to go and sin no more. The real gospel of Jesus Christ is not just accepting him into your heart. You might say it begins there, but it doesn't stop there. It stops with true repentance and conversion. And you might say it doesn't even stop there. That in and of itself is a lifelong process where the outward man, the scripture tells us, is perishing, but the inward man is being renewed day by day. This is the real gospel. If you would like more information or if you have any questions, write to Is That Really in the Bible? 
27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia 24151. Or visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net.